I would say that we went negative in our checking account every month for a couple of years. And you know, then on top of that, you're paying the fines. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. I'm your host, Todd Christensen, and I'm sure you'll enjoy today's episode as I talk to not one, but two guests about their financial journeys together, how they had to redefine their relationships with money, and what they're doing to support each other. Stick around. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Dr. Ray and Jean Kakodian are relationship experts and co-founders of their successful counseling center. After working with thousands of couples, they created a unique approach to coach couples to have amazing relationships called Couple Synergy. They co-host the podcast Couple Synergy, Real Couples, Real Stories, Real Relationships. As a married couple, they believe that they cannot teach it unless they live it. They help couples create the relationship of their dreams with the partner they feel they fell in love with. So it is my pleasure, Dr. Ray and Jean, to welcome you to the Money Fit Show. Thank you so much, Todd, for having us on the show. Yeah, we're happy to contribute. I am excited to have you here, um, not just because you guys are the first couple that I've interviewed on the show. It's usually just been a, a, a one-on-one, but uh, it's also the first discussion, a uh, really real discussion of um couples and money and so forth. So um, again, thanks for being here. And as you may know, I start off each of my shows with a single question to introduce you to the audience. And it is today, uh, did you always want to work with your spouse professionally? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, You know, I think it just kind of developed naturally with our relationship. Well, we met at work. We always worked for the same companies and then Mm -hmm. we started our own company. (laughs) And one of the things that we found when we were working in the mental health field was that uh, working with couples as an individual was really difficult and there was Mm -hmm. no training in it. And so we naturally wanted to develop a new way, a more effective way of working with couples. And we found that working together. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you guys work together in the counseling setting and not just uh, have the couple come in and meet with one of you. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm looking to learn, looking forward to learning more about that um, throughout our conversation today, but uh, let's go ahead and um, go back. We were talking earlier about the, uh, the critical uh, role that money plays in every relationship Uh, let's go back kind of the beginning, uh, even before you guys met money means different things to different people. Did you guys grow up with money symbolizing or having the same sort of, um, uh, meaning to you? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I grew up, I have eight siblings and we all started working probably around nine or 10 years old with paper routes and things like that. And babysitting and got jobs before legally we even could. (laughs) And, and my dad would charge us 10% to live in the house, no matter what age we were, if we made money, we had to pay him. And 
what we learned really early on is that if you have money, you have the power. Yeah. And there was a lot of scarcity and hard work associated mm-hmm. with money. You know, when I grew up, we learned the same thing is that if you have money, you have the power, but we learned it in a different way. Hmm. And that was that, you know, my father uh, controlled all the money and right. we were not privy to where the money was, where it was coming from, how much we had, you know, and so all throughout my childhood and teenage years, you know, there was like this doling out of, of money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was and control and control, and control yeah. as well. Right. And when we started our company, um, you know, it's pretty rocky in the beginning. And Ray's mindset was always, well, I can just ask my dad and he'll cover it. Mm-hmm. And I said, we have got to stop taking money from your parents because we'll never get there. We'll never be free, be free and finish the struggle right. and figure it out. We'll always be dependent on that. Yeah. Okay. So money is, is control. Money is, is power. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, it's still around it. I mean, it's very common in, in previous generations. Uh, but you, you both bring that, did you both bring that same idea into your relationship or had you already considered, uh, different ways of approaching money? You know, we actually had to heal from those concepts. And I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the um, experiment they did with marshmallows with little kids. <laughs> love that story. Yeah, I love that study. <laughs> you know, and, and some things that people don't know about that is that, you know, the kids that waited and got the marshmallow, they grew up in a, in a home with certainty. Uh-huh. And the kids that didn't, that, that, de- that couldn't delay that gratification, sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about... I don't trust that that's actually going to show up. Mm, yeah. And, and then some people are really good at collecting the marshmallows, but then they turn into stone. And yeah. so there's all sorts of different things around that. And I think one of the most important things for us is we knew that if we couldn't disconnect our worth from a dollar amount, mm-hmm. that we couldn't really be free. Yeah. And that if we weren't okay with no money, we wouldn't be okay with money. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, we've I've spoken recently with uh, other guests that uh, bring up the idea of the scarcity mentality and and how it can lead to, to either spending every penny you get uh, as soon as it touches your hand or um, hoarding uh, on the other on the other end. Um, it definitely how- represents a lot in relationships, <laughs> and it's not a surprise that the top two topics that couples fight about is sex and money. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a barometer of the connection that a couple has and what they bring or what they know about both of those topics and what they bring into the relationship is what they both have to learn how to heal in order to create something that's unified. And, you know, we're no exception to that. I mean, from Mm -hmm. the beginning, coming from two very different worlds about money, what money represented for both of us, we had to create something that was just ours. Do you remember a time early on when you realized you had a different way of approaching money than either than each other or that you, than that, what, what you wanted? Yeah, I think this, and, and this goes through other areas of our 
beginning connections is we would try different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes Ray would try to balance the checkbook. Sometimes I would, and we really found it was not his, his gift. Yeah, which yeah. I had never balanced a checkbook before. Right. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so you kind of got to find the strengths and weaknesses. And another thing that we do is Ray likes to spend money. Uh-huh. So I always have him pay. So, you know, if we're going out to a restaurant, if we're at the store, he's the one that pulls the card out and pays or the, he holds on to the cash because he, that's fulfilling to him. I don't like mm-hmm. to spend the money. Yeah. And so, but I manage it all. Huh. So it's an interesting thing. And, and actually now you started managing the household. I, I manage the business. Mm-hmm. So you've grown in that way where you can now do those kind of things. Well, it just became too much. You know, mm-hmm. when we started the business, now we had not only personal expenses, but we had, you know, business mm-hmm. expenses to be figuring out. And so that was a lot of burden on Jane. And so we had to figure out a way of, of you know, being a partner in that. What, you know, uh, what was telling you that, uh, it, it needed to change? Was it, were you feeling kind of overwhelmed Gene? or, uh, uh any, I mean, that's, that, that can take a lot of time to, to do the uh, company books. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that we know is that we don't, when we don't share in at least the conversations about different aspects of being in a relationship, the responsibility is on one person. The other person builds resentment. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one with responsibility, you either get the success or the blame, but it's still all by yourself. Yeah. You know, and one, one thing that happened to us early on is, you know, when Ray was in college and getting credit cards for the first time, if he got in a jam, his parents would pay the cards off. Mm-hmm. And then we got into a jam with credit cards and we decided to uh, go through that whole process of, you know, mm-hmm. you, you make those deals and you destroy your credit and blah, blah, blah. So we lived solely on cash for about 15 years Mm. and it was very freeing. And it's, it's an interesting thing to only spend money if you have it and to not say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'll catch up in the future because it really is difficult to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Anymore, even with debit cards, you don't, you spend money you never see. Yeah. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and other people spend your money that you don't see. <laughs> yeah, they right. just pull it out of your account and you forget, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I gave them that permission. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, that, uh, there, there, there's studies that show that since we don't see it, we tend to spend more of it. How, right. How hard was it to go to that cash system? I mean, you guys had been, you'd been dealing with some credit card debt that, that clearly was probably stressful for one or both of you. Sure. For both of us. Yeah. Absolutely. How long, and you had, how long did you have to deal with that? It was a, at least a couple of years. Yeah. A couple we of years. That, yeah. That process. But, you know, it wasn't, it's not like we had a choice in, in, in right. going to cash system. You know, we, yeah. it was kind of the only alternative that we needed. And it taught us a lot in doing that, buying yeah, cars, it, you yeah. know, with cash only yeah. because, you know, we, we couldn't get credit at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would, you know, put together three, four thousand dollars and go and find an old car. And actually, only about five years ago, and we've been married for uh, 24 years, mm-hmm. um, we bought a, a, a car that was new. 
You finally got a, a new car, huh? <laughs> and we actually bought it through the business. We leased it through the business, oh, but we had say- always had used cars before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me, let me, let me, I want to get back to that question or buying that new car, but let me go back to how did you know you were ready to make a change with and, and do something drastic with that credit card debt? Because a lot of people just think we'll work something out. It'll work out in the end. Um, at what point did you realize we, we've got to, we've got to turn to, I don't know if you turned to a third party or if you just called the, the companies themselves you know what we did is we we just stopped paying on them because we learned that if you do that, then they'll then they'll actually work with you, mm-hmm. and you know the interest rates are crazy, and so there's no way to really dig out. And we just kind of stopped paying on everything and we waited for them. And it was about a year before they came back and said, "Okay, if you give us this amount of money right now, we're gonna w- wipe the slate clean." Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We only had maybe two or two or three. Right. And then once we wiped the slate clean, uh, we didn't have an option of credit at that point. And so we had to deal with whatever we had. And so if we didn't have money, we didn't do stuff. And if we had money, we would. You didn't have the option that it, it uh, that's, I mean, not paying is, is, is one thing and then settling and having that is charged off that, that destroyed your credit even more. Yeah. And the interesting thing is it's kind of a big game because in order to have a good credit score, you actually have to have like $50,000 worth of available credit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can't have a good credit score if you're not borrowing and spending money. <laughs> yeah. It sure seems, it sure seems that way. Um, so you're using, you're using cash and, um, did that solve all your financial problems? No, I mean, there no. was always, there was always stress. And, you know, I think I, we got to a point or I did where I'd wake up in the morning and I, I look at our finances every single day Yeah. and I would have to say to myself, is there a roof over our head today? Mm. Is there food in the refrigerator? Are we safe? You're remembering the most important things. Yep. So we're okay. And we're going to get through today. And we'll see how tomorrow goes. And, and this is like our company is in, in its infancy yeah. stage. We've got little kids, yeah. you know, and trying to raise them at the same time. And yeah, I'm working, I'm going through school too. And I'm also working at another job full time. Mm-hmm. So we're just, you know, trying to make ends meet. Right. That's a, a pretty stressful. I know people talk about uh, starting up that business. And there are sacrifices to make, uh, which later employees, a lot, some, some employees don't, don't see or understand or recognize what, you, what you've done to start that business. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that, there's a different mindset. Absolutely. And, you know, especially in today's age, I think these up and coming 20 uh, somethings, they think it should just be handed to them. Yeah. And that there is no struggle and that there's something wrong with you that you were uh, determined to create something hmm. and, and they almost see it like, like it's a, a bad thing. Hmm. What uh, is, is there, were there some things you had to, I don't know what the term sacrifice or give up or things that you, you uh, did without that have become kind of a badge of um, 
courage for you guys that, Hey, this, we did this, we, and it shows us that we could do just about anything when you're going through some tough times. Yeah. You know, when I was 20 years old, I got pregnant and mm -hmm. I was a single mom. And at the age of 23, I decided I was going to try to go to college. I had yeah. joined the army at 18. I didn't think I could really do college, but no one in my family had gone to college. It wasn't something we did. Mm -hmm. And I moved out to, uh, to a college town and I couldn't really find a job in that town. And I had a five-year-old kid at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had, before I started college, I had a Jeep Wrangler, which I thought was fabulous, mm -hmm. but I traded it in because it was ridiculous. The, the car payment and the gas expense of it. And I bought this little three-cylinder Geo Metra. Oh, and yeah. I was really proud of that car because I spent a, a great old $8,000 on it. And it got like, you know, 45 miles yep. to the gallon. And it didn't have like actually interior too. It was no, like it was steel like, yeah. on the inside. <laughs> and and I, I couldn't find a job that could pay me enough to support us. So I drove 45 miles each way to work. Wow. And at, at one point for a whole winter, I didn't even have heat in my car. And, and I, when I think back of my life back then compared to now, the things that I couldn't do back then, I couldn't like order a pizza. Yeah. I didn't have cable TV. I just had a VHS. It was VHS days. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't have like those little tiny things. And that was really about it. I had friends. Mm -hmm. I had heat. I had a home. You know, it was it was, it was totally not a big deal mm -hmm. thinking back. It was very stressful because, you know, I'm going to school full-time, raising a kid, working full-time, but um, the quality of life, not that much different. And sometimes I think about people, you know, we're, we're really into hiking and being outdoors. And yet when you're out there and you have a need, let's say you want to sit down and you find a log. Yeah. Oh, that is so wonderful. Right. Right. Or, you can buy a $10,000 dining room table and it gets a scratch on it and you're miserable. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's what we, the value, what we, what we prioritize and, and hold most important. You're right. Yeah. If it meets, if it meets your basic needs, it's really wonderful. And then anything above that, it, I think it loses its quality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, okay. I've got, I've got to say I owned it was actually just a year or two before you probably, it was a, a, still a Chevy or no, it, it became a Chevy later. No, it, mine was a Geo Metro as well. Oh, <laughs> look at that. But I what was color? on the other and, and, and it had two and a half cylinders. It was, it was leaking <laughs> gas. And I was on the other spectrum though. I went through a summer in Vegas with no air conditioning. So you're going oh. through winter with no heat summer on average. We did great. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. You know, it, 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 when we, the lifestyle, you know, we, we're, we're young, whether we're married or not. I mean, I remember early on being married, we had to check with each other to, do we have enough to buy a, a loaf of bread this yep. week, you know, being in college and so forth. Doesn't mean we were miserable. If we I remember my dad would go through the couches to get change and buy a, a pitcher of beer on a Friday night. Uh -huh. <laughs> It, you know, when, when I got, came into this relationship, you know, uh, my definition of money or what it was, how it was taught to me was, it was kind of like a, uh, a lifeline. Mm -hmm. And so I, I learned majority of what money was really from Jean and mm -hmm. from her experience. And 
disconnecting from my parents, you know, that felt really scary, mm-hmm. you know, and to be in this place of, of freedom, but not really having money as a security blanket, mm-hmm. you know, it was a very scary thing, a scary process for me, but I've learned along the way to trust it, you know, and there, are, there have been lean times and it, it gets really, really scary. And I have just learned to trust that this is the path that we're supposed to be on and yeah. that it is going to come. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing could be wrong, but I'm guessing that there was some fear there. If you're going to break that dependence on your parents, there's also some fear about what that's going to do to your relationship. Absolutely. Because, you know, now energetically, I, I had to depend on Jean and trust that, you know, she knew what to do or where we were Mm going to go, you know, and this whole foreign concept of, you know, trust it (laughs) Mm -hmm. was just something that, you know, I, I, I never knew because I always trusted the fact that the money would be there because there would someone, there would be someone to bail me out. So when, when you kind of made that leap, what did it do for your, uh, your relationship with your own parents? There was a, a that's period like a fundamental of time. shift. Yeah, it's it was a huge shift, and it was there was a lot of strain, you know, uh, uh, on my relationship with them for quite a while because you know they were losing that control too. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember yeah. <laughs> one time. Do you remember this? Where he, my dad, came to you, yeah, and said, like, why don't you tell him what to do, or why don't you tell him to do this? Because he <laughs> wanted me to to you know to listen to him, and I wasn't at the time. Yeah. I was making that break. And Gene said, I'm not going to tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah. And he was, hard. he was baffled by Yeah, that. he was really baffled by that. You know, everything else on this planet wakes up in the morning and knows that it'll either find food and survive or not. And we try to pretend that's, that we're not in that game. We try to pretend that our life insurance and our health insurance and our retirement accounts are somehow protecting us from the inevitable, which it is not. Mm-hmm. And people with money die and people with no money die. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of this world that we live in. And so that there's a freedom in disconnecting from that and accepting what is on this planet. I remember that when we quit our jobs and we started our company, I remember our parents, my parents specifically having, giving such a, you know, backlash about Mm -hmm. it. And I I remember talking to them and saying, you know, I'm not worried. I said, I can, I I have a master's degree where I was working on my master's at the time. And I, I said, I can get a job as a, manager at, at a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to, I can get a job in retail. I can, you know, find something to be able to sustain our lives. Yeah. You know, this is, and, and they were just so full of fear for us and fear for me that, you know, now I'm, I'm going to fail, mm-hmm. you know, because I was leaving a secure job, you know, to, to create something that they had no concept of. Did you, uh, I mean, failure is part of life. Did, did you, uh, find failure early on in, in, in your business or in your relationship, something that, uh, you said, okay, this didn't go right. 
Let's try something different. Uh, almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. In the beginning of started business, you know, you, you can't pass a mirror without like looking at yourself and saying, oh, you know, are you really succeeding here or are you failing here or failing there? I would say that we probably um, bounced. We went negative in our checking account mm-hmm. every month for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And, you know, then on top of that, you're paying the fines of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're constantly like dipping down and trying to come back up. And we were in this networking group and there was a travel agent and she said, oh, I've got this great deal. You can go to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico for, for three days. Mm-hmm. It includes the airfare, everything. It was $375. This was back in the early 2000s. Yeah. And we kind of looked at each other. We didn't have any money. And we're like, I think we should do this. And we were working like 80 hours a week because we were building websites and we were networking. We were doing all sorts of things to try to grow the business. And we we decided we're going to step away. We're going to figure out how to come up with this money. And then they messed up the reservation and had to send us to another hotel. So they reduced it by another hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So it was super cheap. Yeah. And when, what we found is we we stepped away. We had a great time. And then when we came back, we reached a new level of stability in our company that was never there before. And so we make it a point to make sure we're stepping back periodically, especially if there's a lot of chaos, which is the scariest time, right? But if you don't, you're just bringing that, that fear and that chaos into the problem solving of whatever you have to do instead of clarity. And then you're reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big lesson for us. That's a really hard, that is a really hard uh, choice to make. And uh, that, at times when it feels you most need to be there, that you're talking about stepping back, regrouping. Is that ever, uh, I mean, you're still here. Business is still here. Yep. Has there been anything that happened whenever you've done that? Anything that uh, you regret having done it one, once at all? I, I don't think there's any regrets that we have. They're all learning lessons, really. And anytime, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we were part of that whole um what do they call the great, great resignation, resignation. Mm-hmm. last last summer? Yeah. And, you know, that was a really scary time. And we had multiple people just decided, to, you know, to quit. Mm. And so now we had to, we had to scramble. We had to pivot. We had to figure out what we were going to do, you know, and rebuild. And so those, those times that that happens, it's really scary. You, you get, you get really angry, pretty emotional and, you know, you still have to take a step back and say, well, what am I supposed to learn from this? And we, we found that no matter who has come or gone from our, our business, mm-hmm. it has always been advantageous in the long run. And so it's a little bit easier each time to go through it and go, okay, uh, now what? This means we're supposed to come up and change something and do something different. But, you know, it's, it's a tough lesson to get to. There's, it, there's such uncertainty and then you have to depend on other people for more certainty. But fortunately mm-hmm. in our company, the majority of our expenses is payroll. So when a person leaves, it also takes away the biggest debt that they yeah. cause for us okay. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a, uh, a formula or an approach when you're confronted with a difficult decision that, uh, that you turn to, um, that, that, that makes that decision, I don't know, less daunting maybe? Well, the one thing that we do all the time is we talk and we have extensive conversations together 
Um, our daughter-in-law is also part of the business now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she is, uh, you know, in charge of operations. And so we have conversations with her, you know, and they, you know, we've heard that successful people make decisions quickly, but change their minds slowly. slowly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's really something that we've adopted along the way, you know, is trusting our gut in making those decisions, making them quickly, not hesitating, you know, but then also when it comes to shifting our, our focus or changing direction that we talk about that we extensively and we take our time. Mm -hmm. Well, um, before we start heading into the wrap up here, you guys, uh, let's uh, kind of recap. You guys came into your relationship with similar but kind of di different backgrounds with, as far as money goes, and you've adapted over the years. What are you doing or what do you credit? Is there, is there certain steps or activities or conversations that you've had that you would credit most with, uh, with how you've been able to work together financially? You know, I, I think, you know, a, a faith belief system is really important that you realize that whatever happens is meant to happen. And if you hang in there, you find out it's, it's really advantageous. There was this one time Ray wanted to buy this motorcycle uh -huh. and he, he wanted this specific make specific model. He finds it great deal. He goes and sees the bike. He loves the bike. He wants to buy the bike and the, the owner of the bike can't find the title. Mm. And it probably would have taken the entire summer for that title to get rebuilt. So he's really bummed. He's not happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just there's a reason, you know, maybe you would get an accident or maybe something. So just hang in there. Yeah. And maybe a couple of days later, he finds the exact same bike, the exact same model, the exact same mileage on it, same price. Huh. Only this guy had put on brand new tailpipes and, and had, customized it. And it was like a way better bike. Yeah. And so that always reminds us to kind of, you know, trust when it, when it's bad, when it feels crappy to trust that, that that is going to swing around and what comes in its place is going to be even better. And we found that along the way, if you, if you let it flow and you don't hold on so tightly, it resolves itself and something new and better comes along. And if you don't make decisions from a place of fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. I appreciate you sh sharing that. Uh, that's a, that's a good lesson for us in all walks of, in all parts of our lives. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, um, do you have a specific suggestion or, uh, an activity that you would, or a, a piece of advice that you would then give to our listeners for personal finance, whether they're married or not? You know, money is very symbolic. And so it's, it's a really good thing to sit back and sort of meditate on what does it mean for me? What does it mean about who I am? And to learn to really detach from that. And we see this a lot in relationships where people, they get trans transactionary. Transactional. Yeah, in their relationship. Their relationship right. And, you know, there's some couples that they, they keep separate finances. And especially if one makes more than the other and the one goes, well, I'm going on vacation, you probably can't afford to go. So I'm going to go. Mm. And they're never able to really blend 
their hearts, their finances, mm-hmm. their, their worldview, their us. Right. They're, not, they're not able to create the us. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they walk into this relationship with this is how I do things and this is how you do things. And maybe they think that keeping things separate is okay, right? But it never creates a blending of the two. They're not able to merge and create mm-hmm. the us and how we do our finances together. So it doesn't, doesn't promote a common vision, a common vision just in the future, but common financial vision. Or risk. Or risk, mm-hmm. right? And investment in their relationship. So I, I, that, is that, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the term or the expression, like transactional, as you say, people come into a relationship and they want to split everything 50-50 rather than giving 100% each. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've never seen that work. I mean, well, and I shouldn't say we've never seen it work. It, it, it'll work. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to create something that supersedes the individual. Mm-hmm. When money becomes more important than people, then you can never really have a, a very satisfying life or a deep connection. And there's always this feel, this need to feel safe. And what we found is actually the more money people have, the more fear around it that they have and the less open and generous that they are. Mm. Interesting. Well, Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian, excuse me, how can our uh, listeners find you online? Well, they can uh, listen to us on our podcast, Couple Synergy. They can also um, go on our website, couplesynergy.com, and uh, be able to take a look at all the things that we provide couples. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm going to uh, make sure to put that in our show notes. And these are this is not just uh, regional uh, stuff that are accessible to uh, those uh, people that are regional to you in the in the Midwest, right? Oh no, C- correct. We are uh, we are global. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time with me today. I appreciate uh, you uh, sharing your journey with me and with our listeners. And thanks for being here. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. To our listeners, thank you uh, also for uh, listening in. And uh, you can find our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. Please subscribe to this channel and click like on that uh, on that button there underneath us here so that uh, others can find this as well. So until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well.